In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey listeners, Jeff Zimfer, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Depending on when you're listening to this episode, it might be right around the holiday times, could be um, around Thanksgiving, uh, maybe we're into, into December. But uh, here's the point. I wanted to just take a moment to say thank you to you. You know, it's unfortunate that uh, it's only around this time of year that we are, you know, really compelled to acknowledge those that uh, we care about and that make a difference in our lives or things and people that we're grateful for. Um, but I just wanted to say I'm grateful for you, my audience. Um, I'm so blessed and just really touched sincerely um, that you listening to this right now would choose to um, take time from your day and tune into what I hope has become a relationship, what I hope is a valuable exchange of ideas and inspiration to help you in your business and your life. So thanks so much. Um, I couldn't do this without you. It's why I do it, you know, just to make an impact for you guys. So thank you so much. Um, this episode, I'm very pleased and honored to bring my special guest, to you. And her name is Dana Meadows. And she is a mega producer, top producer with Movement Mortgage. And uh, what I love about Dana is that um, she's not only obviously highly successful, but also humble and heart, but she's probably amongst the hardest working people um, that I know. She's committed, she's driven, she's focused, she's smart, intelligent, yet she knows how to have a good time as well. And she, uh, for the most part, doesn't let this business get the best of her because it can. But Dana Meadows, superstar, 2017 numbers, 71 million in originations on 327 loans also known as 327 families helped get into a house. So what are we talking about on this episode? We are talking about largely um, one of the most successful channels that Dana has in her business for driving referrals is events. Um, she has built intense loyalty with real estate agents through a number of ways. One, by having just a kick-ass process for you know onboarding a new loan and blowing the socks off of clients and over-delivering and just right being known as the person who gets things done in her local market. Um, she's built that reputation as knowing that you want a deal done, even if it's in the 11th hour, Dana Meadows is your gal. 
Uh, she's got uh, about 40 or 50 consistent agents that she works with that send her the bulk of her business. She's got actually over a hundred um, that are part of her sphere of influence. And you'll hear how we talk about how she stays top of mind with those agents, the types of events she does, how she builds and promotes around those um, and how she activates relationships. You know, that classic situation where you have a meeting with a, with an agent and the hope is that you're going to activate that relationship and start getting business. Um, well, we talk a little bit about that as well. We also talk about pop buys uh, Popeyes, where you just pop by somebody's office and drop off, right? Some gifts. And these are fun gifts. Uh, these could be called by some cheesy gifts, but you'll hear Dana talk about how these things work. And she's got some really cool ideas on how she's optimizing that Popeye experience, not just swinging by, dropping off a gift and, you know, hey, good luck, whatever. She's got a very surprising, right? course, Dana knowing who she is. She's got a very specific outlined uh, intentional process for how to leverage all the different pillars of her business that she's got, whether that's the you know post-agent meeting uh, after they've come to the event, whether that's ensuring that an agent um, you know connects to the value and the impact of a pop buy, um, you know, across the board, right? She's got an incredible process and system for herself and her business. And one of the goals she'll talk about is um, every year she makes a goal to add another million dollars a month in production to her business. So I know in 2018, she's grown her business approximately 10 million in origination. So she went from about 71 million in 2017 to uh, approximately 80 million in 2018. And in a year that many would argue there's compression and market shrinkage and all that kind of stuff. Well, how do you do that? listen to this episode. Dana's is going to unpack it and explain how. And lastly, uh, before I uh, let you go and we get into this show, this show, um, if you are interested, for instance, doing events, right? Um, one of the things we offer at the uh, Mortgage Marketing Institute is a pro membership. And uh, what that includes is every month, a done for you uh, class, a lunch and learn class on a hot topic, digital marketing, Facebook, uh, business planning, branding, you name it. Um, you get a turnkey done for you system in there every single month. In addition to a bunch of other content to help you be a modern mortgage originator, things around how to build your online brand, your social media profile, scripting, and so forth. So if you uh, want to learn more, you just go to mortgagemarketing.pro and check that out. So let's get into this week's show with my very special guest, Dana Meadows. Dana Meadows, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure and honor, especially, you know, the close proximity I have to you uh, within Movement Mortgage, seeing all the incredible things you're doing there. So for the listeners, right, uh, as you know, I always ask for the personal summary of who Dana Meadows is, what's she all about. So how long have you been in the mortgage business? Why are you doing this? I've been in the business for 14 years, and my why is my family. I started with a infant 14 years ago. I um, got into the business as an assistant to a mortgage broker. And as he's aged, I've grown my business, which has worked out well now that I have a teenager who does not care if he's in the same room, town, city, state, or country as me. Um, he only needs me for money, uh, clean clothes, and food. So it works. it's worked really well that as he's gotten older, my business has been able to grow and develop. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And the, the, the fact that uh, I'm not the only one who feels that way with my, <laughs> <laughs> um, so your why is your family. I love that. Um, what about, you know, would you say 14 years, right? Yes. 14. So, so 14 years, obviously this isn't an easy business. It can wear on you. It can, you know, it's got its challenges. So what about the business do you still enjoy after 14 years? 
I just love the feeling of helping someone get into a home. I mean, the appreciation that we get back from our customers for the service that we offer them for making it a seamless process and for helping them achieve that dream. Just that one thank you or that one shout out is just what makes me keep ticking. It still feels fresh every time, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I kind of miss that myself uh, to see that smiling face of somebody getting in their first home or, you know, you helped them through a tough situation. They didn't think they could get in or qualify and you're the hero, right? Absolutely. And and I love to be the saver. Um, I, a lot of the agents in my market recognize me as the, when a deal's going sideways, they know who to pick up the phone and call. And, and those are the ones that, that really mean the most to me because they were someone that was shot down at the last minute somewhere else. And we were able to come in and save the day. Is that something you consciously wanted to pursue becoming, you know, quote, the saver or did that just kind of happen? It's just kind of happened. No, it's definitely not the business that I've gone after. Um, but the reputation that I've built in the marketplace is that I truly know this This is a craft for me and I know what I'm doing. And if there's a way to make something work, I can make it work, especially with the resources that I have with movement. Yeah. So uh, explain that a little bit. You think you've got an advantage at movement to do rescue loans? Absolutely. I mean, I just closed a deal last uh, two weeks ago that I took an application at five o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. It was a tough, complicated file. It actually took till the following Wednesday to submit it to underwriting. And we had that thing cleared to close by two o'clock the next business day. Wow. Yeah. That'll earn you some loyalty and referrals when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a it was a tough one, but we had a we had a lot of people working in our operations and underwriting department pushing that file through and make sure making sure it closed on time. And how many years have you been at movement? Uh, this is my sixth year. September was my sixth year anniversary. Okay, awesome. All right, uh, let's get the last little bit of housekeeping out of the way for those listening. Give us a quick summary of what does your team look like and then 2017 volume and units. Uh, so I have uh, two assistants that work on my files. So they obtain the paperwork from the customers, organize it for underwriting, submit it, and request conditions. Mm-hmm. I have a full-time marketing assistant who works with my agents and uh, creating, um, you know, we do events for our agents. She does co-branded marketing, all of my pop buys. Um, she plans all of those. And then I have a client care coordinator who lives in my pipeline to make sure that we don't miss any dates. Appraisals are ordered right away. They're back before the end of due diligence. Um, things are in closing early, um, that we have those initial closing disclosures out five days before closing and the final God willing, three days before closing. Um, and then um, I have currently have one junior loan officer and getting ready to bring on my second. Hmm. And so 2017 volume, uh, what was that? It was just shy of 71 million. All right, just shy of 71 million. And I think that was over 300 families you helped, right? 327. To be exact. <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> Do you have... Um, now that you've been, uh, you know, specifically at Movement six years, or just in general, do you have? Um, I assume you do, but let's for the listeners um, goals. Like for instance, twenty seventeen, you did seventy one million. Did you then look to twenty eighteen this year and just say, okay, I want to beat that? Because so here we are, you know, in um, November of twenty eighteen. I guess the better question is this: How are you looking towards planning for twenty nineteen, um, setting your goals and things like that? Well, I when I came to movement, I was an $8 million a year producer and never thought that I would ever achieve the level of production that I'm at. 
Mm-hmm. But as I began to grow and um, grow my business and close more loans, I decided that my goal every year will be to close a million more every month. And it doesn't matter how many customers meet that million. My goal is a million more. And um, this year, we're we're pretty on track. Um, we should be close to 80 million by the end of the year. So a little shy of the goal. We had a little bit of compression um, in October, um, but we should be really close to meeting that goal this year. Wow. That's a big jump. You got to have big goals. Yeah, exactly. Well, when you say adding a million dollars a month to your production, uh, when you look at you know the new year coming, what's your average loan size? Uh, about 225, 250. All right. So you're looking at another, what, four loans, let's say? to get that extra million. Exactly. And, and you, you know, for those that do their numbers and I know, you know, this well is like to get to close those four loans means what do you need to originate in an additional, what, six, seven. I would say my pull through rates, usually 50 to 60%. So yeah, I would say I would need to originate an additional eight to 10 loans. Wow. So for those listening, that's important math to know. Um, you know, quick side stories, uh, the importance of knowing your numbers. And, and I'd love to hear, how you dig into knowing your numbers, but I was talking to a loan officer yesterday who said, uh, you know, he was all excited. I generated 26 apps, you know, for the month. And I'm like, that's awesome. How many of those led to a contract? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you got to track your numbers, you know? <laughs> you absolutely so, do. It's so easy to get caught up in the next phone call that comes in and forget about follow-up and follow-through, mm-hmm. which is something that I've really had to work on as my business has grown. Because if you don't pick up the phone and follow up, the next person that they talk to may get the business. Mm. So tell me about that a little bit uh, in your process. Uh, your, your number one source of business is real estate agents. Is that correct? Yes. Do you have a process for tracking referral partners like that, realtors? So you can, you know, I mean, do you put people in various categories, ABC? How do you manage your whole like realtor referral right, machine? Because I know you got a machine going. Uh, Well, I don't really look at it as managing the realtor referral. Um, I look at it as each individual agent and what they need from me. Um, From a perspective of how many does one referrals does one agent send me over another, I don't track it quite so much that way. I track it more as what do they send, what do I convert, and what can I do to make that happen even more often. And that's whether they're an agent that closes three deals a year or a, a team that has 30 buyers, agents on their team producing leads for them. Um, So I kind of look at each agent relationship individually and see what we're getting and what we can do to help those agents grow and thus us grow with them. Okay. I've written down notes from our original conversation on what this is a a hot topic to talk about because, you know, one of the objections you often hear um, with loan officers working with real estate agents, uh, they're not loyal. Um, And I wrote down from our chat last time was that you drive intense loyalty with agents. And I'm curious if you might share what that means and how you do that. Sure. So first and foremost, doing a good job, knowing your craft, not taking an application, not looking at documents, not being thorough. That's your first place you're going to fall through. If you, if you deliver thorough service to the realtor and the customer every single time, you'll start to build that loyalty. But then you have to do things to invest in your realtor partners, things to help them grow. I share their their listings and their their information out on social media. I work with them to try to to build their brand, whether it be through something that movement offers at no cost or something that I invest in monthly that they don't have to pay for. Um, Anything that I can do to promote an agent 
to the public that might get them another lead, that also builds that loyalty. So you have to be twofold. You have to offer the service that they need for their clients, but you also have to be willing to invest in them. Mm. And one of, you mentioned earlier, you do events. Is that one of the ways you invest in them? Absolutely. So we do um, monthly events. Um, some are educational and some are just fun. Mm-hmm. We've done everything from interview with an underwriter to um, a, just a laid back mix and mingle networking event. Next week, I'm hosting a realtor safety event. And the um, gentleman that's coming in to carry the event on is actually a realtor who will be talking to other realtors about how to keep themselves safe while they're out showing properties and, and hosting open houses. I'm looking at your calendar on your Facebook page of events, by the way, very smart to put that on Facebook listeners. If you're doing events, you better be putting them on Facebook. Sounds obvious, but a lot of people don't. I'm looking at the, the, the various attendance levels for these things. Um, Cause I was going to kind of get into, you know, what has been the most successful for you in terms of um, building loyalty and uh, driving referrals, driving engagement. Are there certain types of events you notice that maybe rise above the others? Uh, well, the way I structure my events is a little different than than most. Um, okay. Agents don't want to be talked to and taught, even though they need to be talked to and taught. Um, so I create more of an interview interactive event, and that tends to drive more traffic to the events. So the interview with an underwriter, I had pre-slated questions, and he knew what his responses were going to be. Mm-hmm. And then the agents were able to stop and be involved. And by structuring it as an interview, it really made the agents feel like they were part of it. Mm-hmm. So the next event that was an interview became even more well attended. Um, I could say we started with maybe 25 or 30 at our first event, and now we average 50 to 60 agents to come to all of our events. Wow. And yeah, you're doing pretty consistently every single month. Every month. Where do you rank events You know, among your activities? How do you rank events as far as... Um... Uh, biggest impact for driving realtor referrals? It's all about exposure and staying in front of the agent. If you're not doing different things, the pop buys, the events, um, the videos on social media, and I hate doing them, but I do them. If you're not doing something to constantly stay in front of the realtors and you're not changing it up, you're going to become boring and bland and they're not going to see you. Somebody else is going to come in front of you and get their attention. So, I would say, I mean, it's definitely in the top five of things that I do to stay in front of the realtors so that I'm always top of mind. And when I host these events, I would say I've got a 50-50 split of agents that I work with and agents I've never even spoken to. So it's an opportunity to get in front of agents that are with firms that I have other relationships with. And that's an opportunity for me to grab another agent partner to go to lunch with let them get to know how I really do my business and then start working with them. All right. So I'm going to stay on this thread for a little bit because uh, events are near and dear to my heart. Um, What is your process then for, like you said, you've got agents you haven't worked with that come to the event. Do you have like a a real structured process around moving them from attended to event to, you know, lunch meeting, for example? Yeah. So every single event, we send a handwritten thank you note for them coming. To every attendee? Um, Every attendee gets a handwritten thank you note for coming to the event. Um, If it's someone that I have not worked with, I then follow up with a phone call, thanking them again for coming and inviting them to have lunch or coffee with me. Um, And usually they will take the time to sit down and talk to me about who I am and what I can bring to, to the table to benefit them. 
how much of of at that event is a you know quote unquote movement commercial? I'm not one, and and oddly enough, we're talking about me, but I'm not one that likes to stand up in front of a group of people and say, yay, yay, I'm the best in the the business. Mm -hmm. I make it more about the agent and what they need. Um, I do, you know, talk about movement and how quickly we can close loans, but I keep it very, very short and sweet and focus on the topic at hand. Otherwise, every event that they come to, they're going to expect us to hear a sales spiel about movement mortgage. And they're not coming for that. They're coming for the content. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So in terms of like uh, you following up with these agents that have attended this, your, your classes, your events, um, do you do any qualifying ahead of time, any research on the agent or is it just, no, nope, you're going to meet with everybody who wants to meet with you? No, absolutely. Before I contact an agent to schedule a meeting, I'm going to do my Facebook stalking to see what I can learn about them personally. Mm-hmm. Um, just try to figure a little bit of, uh, out about them. So I have something to talk to them mm-hmm. about. And when I go into a meeting, I don't start with, hey, let's do business together. I ask to get to know them. Who are, you know, tell me about your family. What do you like to do in your free time? I want them to feel like I want to know them, not just get business from them. And that, that helps. It, they get a comfort level with you that you're not just there to ask for business. You're there to really create a partnership and get to know them. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done one of those meetings, those coffee lunch meetings, and you knew it wasn't right at some stage of the conversation? Absolutely. Um, and, and not every realtor is going to be fit to, to work with every loan officer. I have fired a handful of realtors in my career where I've just had to say, this is not going to work. We don't work together. And it's okay. It is okay to do that. And you can even, I've even made recommendations of other loan officers that I know that they might work better with. Um, whether it be because they want me to answer the phone every single time they call. I can't do that. I'm taking applications. I'm meeting with customers. I'm hosting events. Um, if they're, you know, if they need it immediately every single time, I know they need someone that is sitting at a desk waiting for the phone to ring. How many agents roughly do you work with right now that are part of your, you know, active community? I mean, I definitely have over a hundred agents that I work with. I would say consistently, I have 40 to 50 that send me consistent business. Mm-hmm. And those range from the agents that they do five deals a year and they send all five deals to me to large teams that have multiple buyers agents. And maybe they are getting boomtown leads and it's kind of round robin with other, you know, with other lending partners. But consistently, I would say there's a consistent 40 to 50 agents that I get regular business out of, but over a hundred that I work with mm-hmm. fairly regularly. I assume you have those people in your database and there's some various outbound touch points happening. Oh, absolutely. And I make it a point um, when I am, you know, when I've got some downtime, if I'm in the car on the way to pick my son up from school, if I don't have a customer on the phone, I think of an agent to call and talk to and just see how they're doing. I try to stop by offices on a regular basis and just leave something fun. It doesn't have to be anything that does has to do with mortgages, just something fun. And they reach back out with appreciation. Um, a lot of times I'll stop by and I'll, an agent will take a picture of me with whatever I'm bringing by and tag me in social media for, you know, bringing something by and just taking the time to see them. All right. I want to come back to Popeye's in a second, but before I leave the agent conversation, um, oftentimes I hear from loan officers after they meet with uh, agents that it's crickets, you know, and the expectation from the LO was that, Hey, you know, they're going to send me a deal or whatever. Have you had that happen where you, the expectation is kind of there or not? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, you, first meeting does not guarantee referrals, and you have to invest in each individual agent in the follow-up and follow-through. As soon as uh, you leave a, your initial coffee or lunch meeting, they probably get three more phone calls from other lenders wanting their business. <laughs> so if you, I mean, you can't just expect that, yay, I impressed you, you're going to start sending me deals. Um, you've got to follow up and follow through. Is there anything I can do to help you? Remind the agents that you work on the weekends or that you don't shut down at five o'clock like the bank does. Stay in front of them. And that consistency is what drives the the future referrals. Okay. How do you stay in front of them? As far as staying in front of them, I mean, like I said, we do, the events are big and, and we consistently get similar people, you know, it's around Robin. Some months we'll have the same people from the prior month, or sometimes it'll take three or four months for them to come to be able to fit it in their schedules to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, the pop buys are big. Um, I do have a goal of doing them monthly. It does not always happen, but we do try to get those out monthly. Something just fun um, that they can use and not eat. Don't take cookies to a realtor's office. They don't want really. Them. They don't want them. No. Well, they might, but. They're going to eat them, and then they're going to be gone, and they're not going to remember you. Um, so what, I do what, stuff what, what like you hand, I have hand sanitizers with my logo and my contact information. We're going into the winter months. How many agents are going to put those in their car? They're going to use them. I have um, lint rollers that have my logo and contact information. How many agents are going to use a lint roller? Um, things that are useful and consumable but last a long time, mm. so it constantly stays in front of them. Somebody I had on the on the show before talked about 100 cheesy ideas. Um, these sound cheesy, can be cheesy in some people's mindset, I guess. But the question is, do they work? They do. They do. Um, actually, now, last month, I was a little bit different. It was uh, very much a consumable item. We did use them boost. We had a couple mini bottles. Um, but I can't tell you how many agents tagged me on social media thanking me for their boost gift. Um, Wait, I had so, pictures. So thanking them for what? What was the gift? For their boost gift. They're booze, B-O-O-Z-E-D. Yeah. You're, you're, so they got mini bottles. <laughs> now we're talking. That's a way to get loyalty with agents. <laughs> <laughs> they got mini bottles for Halloween. And oh, cool. the day, the two days that I dropped them off, I got more text messages and tags on social media for having delivered these boozed gifts. And I even got pictures of agents that had the the mini bottles poured into wine glasses that have my logo that were provided to them at, at a prior event. <laughs> that is awesome. Very creative. So uh, what I love about that idea is you're smart enough and your team to recognize, uh, uh, you know, you take advantage of what's already like popular uh, or happening current events that's already on top on people's minds. Obviously Halloween, right? I mean, pretty obvious. Next one, Thanksgiving. Next one, Christmas. So you've probably got yep. uh, some plans uh, in the works for tying in those holidays, yeah? Oh, absolutely. So I've got um, 150 oven mitts on um, on the way to me, and and the the tag will say "Don't get burned by the wrong lender." Yeah. Um, those will go out to 150 agents, and who who doesn't need an oven mitt, right? So every time they go into their their dish rag drawer to to pull something out of the oven, they're going to grab my oven mitt and use that. And and um, so that's a lot. How do you how do you get those? Are you dropping those off? Or are you are those in the mail? I drop every single one off wow. in person. And, and by the way, plan- sorry to interrupt, but I'm I'm going rapid fire now. Um, my coffee's kicked in. Um, <sighs> so is it a, is it a planned drop by? Obviously, you're you're time blocking it in your calendar, but 
I mean, many times you're doing a Popeye and the agent's not there. Is that correct? Well, for example, if I'm dropping off at an Allen Tate office, there might be 15 agents at that Allen Tate office I'm leaving something for. It oh, doesn't matter. You're just going to cover them all. You're not necessarily going for one agent in that office? Correct. So okay. I will take the 15. I'll take a picture of whatever the gift is so that I can text them if they're not there and let them know there's a gift oh, waiting for them. Oh, and somebody's going to be at the front desk that I may not work with. And I'll be able to introduce myself. I'll have a few extras in the car. I'll run back out and grab one and give it to them. Wow. I love the texting idea, though, of the photo of that. I never thought of that. Well, so many agents don't go into the office on a daily basis. So if I leave something for Thanksgiving and they don't go back until the middle of December, it's yeah. not quite as big of an impact. So if I text them and say, you know, like I, with the, the Halloween booze gift, I took a picture and I would text them and said, you've been boozed, stop by the office to get it. Um, <laughs> and they, they appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you're making it fun is what you're doing. And we need to bring the fun back, darn it, to this business, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I want to go back to my question earlier, which I, I unfortunately didn't ask as succinctly as I wanted to with regards to the agents post coffee meeting. Um, do you have a specific plan for those agents that you've met with that, you know, okay, there's this good meeting, good engagements like, oh yeah, I'd love to work together, Dana. And then it's crickets. Um, are you just like putting those people on the same kind of um, touch campaigns you, with all your agents, or do you kind of, you know, have a special plan for them because you just met with them and you're hoping to accelerate that? Yeah, I kind of build into the bigger investments that I have. So I have some things that I do um, that is open to any agent that I work with. Um, some of the the marketing tools that I use, um, we uh, will then build into getting the monthly gifts. Now, if it's a larger agent that does a lot of business that I've been trying to, to get business from for a while, they're thrown into the full, full mix right away. Um, if it's somebody that I know that's maybe newer to the business and probably doesn't have a lot to send to me, we kind of build into it slowly with the investments. Because at the end of the day, you're spending money. You've got to spend it wisely. Mm -hmm. And are there agents that um, you put in a... Uh you know, an A-level criteria, I, don't, I can't think of a better way to describe it, but, um, you know, your VIP agents, let's say, where you're going to maybe do some additional investments of time or resources or whatever. Absolutely. So there are several groups that I will get in front of monthly, and maybe they've got 15 on their team. And at least every month, I'm in front of five to six of them as part of a meeting mm -hmm. to talk to them about something that's new or what have I brought now that, that would be of benefit to them. Um, so definitely there are agents that I consider my bread and butter. And I know that if somebody else comes with a shiny object, they could get distracted. So there's more effort put into those because I've spent lots of time building into those relationships. Mm -hmm. um, but we do what we call pop-up classes for some of those realtor groups um, to just bring new information to them. Whoa, I love that. Pop-up classes. What does that mean? Basically, it means, listen, is there a date on your calendar where you don't have something going on and you just haven't had three events around it? Okay, great. Let's take that date and let me come in and talk to your agents. Let me bring something new to the table for them. Hmm. So if they, you know, maybe they, it's it's a group that they get together um, twice a, or twice a month as a group. Um, and then, but they also just, they know that they're going to have um, a big open house caravan or they're going to have something else going on. I don't want to be part of that week because they've already got a lot going on that week. 
I want to be part of a week where they don't really have anything going on and they would have time to come to the office. Hmm. And uh, how long is that session, the pop-up class typically? It could be anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on how the conversation goes. Um, you know, typically an agent will wait an hour for me. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you've got two people that show up and they, you know, you, you have one-on-one interaction and maybe it doesn't take as long. And other times you might have 10 show up and there's more conversation and it takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. I, I just, I'm thinking about how can I trademark that name? <laughs> the pop-up class. <laughs> it's like those pop-up stores, right? That show up everywhere. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's all about, it's about being different. Um, I mean, you can be an awesome loan officer, but if you're not different and you look the same as everybody else, they're going to think, the agents are going to think you're the same as everybody else. You've got to bring something to the table that somebody else isn't already giving. All right. And speaking of being different, um, let's transition. By the way, thank you for sharing all that stuff on the agents. Uh, That's a mini mini seminar. That was a pop-up class right there, by the way. (laughs) 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 Love it. Um, Okay. So like you said earlier, video, you're doing video. Um, I'm on your Facebook page right now. So clearly you've got videos there. Is there any strategy or scheduling? Do you do map out a content calendar for your social media plan? Yes and no. Um, I have lots of ideas in my head. Um, But uh, I do, I try to at least every Friday do a video targeted towards realtors. And that is shared on my business page, my personal page. I share it to groups. So I'm part of some closed groups that are realtor groups. Mm -hmm. I share to that. And then it's part of my Friday newsletter. Um, I would say three of the four weeks of the month that video gets produced, there's always one Friday where it's just not going to happen. And that's just because it is what it is. Um, And then I try to twice a month put out a video targeted towards the consumer, something Mm -hmm. that an agent can download and share on social media or share in their email campaigns, something that's educational. So I did one this morning about you know, rates are rising. And when rates start to rise, lenders start to, instead of showing the actual market rate, they start to increase their fees. So it looks like they're more competitive when they're really costing your client more money uh, or costing the client more money. And so I posted that this morning and then I shared it to my various realtor pages with a Dropbox link so they can go in and download it and make it fresh content when they go to share it. Oh, that's unique. You allow them to download it from Dropbox. Very cool. So do you find some realtors do kind of embed your video in a newsletter or something? Yeah. When when I give them the Dropbox link, it it allows them to make it their own content versus sharing mine. And Hmm. while them sharing my content is better for me, they get better results if it's original content and they post it themselves or they Hmm. put it out themselves. So that's why I create, I have a video Dropbox. And when I post a shareable video, I say, Realtor Friends, feel free to access and download the video with this link. And then they can go in and download it and upload it straight to social media. And you find that you get a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, involvement on people grabbing the video? Yeah, I haven't looked much this morning, but I think within just a few minutes, I had a couple of agents already uh, mm. share it out this morning. Wow. That's really cool. I like that strategy because I hadn't thought about that, um, offering them to download it versus just sharing it. And uh, once again, that just proves that you're putting their needs, what's most important to them, right? Kind of above your own. Exactly. And and I look at a realtor as my, my first client. 
Mm-hmm. Whatever I can do to serve mm-hmm. them is going to allow them or give them the desire to send me their clients so I can serve their clients. But at the at the end of the day, you don't have clients if you don't have someone who is willing to refer you to business. So you've got to invest in your realtor partners and show them that you're truly vetted in them to help them be successful. What are you using to shoot these videos? Is it a, just a smartphone? Um, I use a GoPro um, where I can do it wirelessly from my phone, but versus trying to, my phone constantly rings. So if I try to shoot a video on my phone, it's not going to happen. <laughs> that is true. Constant interruptions. Um, that's cool. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and so your video content, is it mostly on Facebook? Um, and if you said earlier, I apologize, but are you doing anything on YouTube? I have not branched into YouTube. So I am the girl that hates social media, Mm -hmm. but has been forced to use it. So I've only branched into Facebook and Instagram at this point. Mm. Instagram, whole nother animal, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. Well, and, and I am thankfully blessed to say that I am able to, I have a third party that handles my social media. So I send her, you know, when I do a video, I send it to her and she uploads it and takes care of all oh. of it. So I don't, I don't have to deal with that. Well, the, the, you know, that's fine. Let somebody else kind of upload it, but it's still, it's you, it's your content. That's what counts. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. Very good stuff. Um, and of course we'll put links to your Facebook page and, you know, give that out at the end and all that stuff. So if people want to, of course they could just search you as well. Dana Meadows, uh, movement mortgage on Facebook, pretty easy to find. Um, all right. So in the final minutes we've got here, I'm just looking at my notes. I want to, you, from, from what I know about you, Dana Meadows, you are a very driven person. You are, hmm, shall we say aggressive in your and your work ethic and your mm, desire to grow your business. Is that a safe assessment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm very, very driven. Um, and I'm driven not only, like I said before, by family, but I, I have a 14 year old and we're in a world where kids think that you don't have to work to get stuff. And I can tell you that my child is, he knows that's not the case. Um, you know, we, this millennial generation, they expect instant gratification. They expect to not have to put a lot of work into um, to, to growing themselves, regardless of their career path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you, my 14-year-old will tell you, I'm the hardest working mother he's ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, to me, says that I've done something right as a parent. He knows that when he goes, he, when he goes to school every day, he's got to put the work in to get the grades back out. He knows to get into the college that he wants to get into. He's got to do all of these things that are now required to get accepted to a college. Um, and he knows to be successful and make lots of money when he grows up, he's going to have to pick the right career and he's going to have to put the work into it. Mm-hmm. Lead by example. That's awesome. Um, one of the things I know about you as well is that uh, you make yourself, if I'm correct, uh, available, you know, essentially 24 seven. Is that right? Absolutely. I was on the phone with a customer at eight thirty last night, taking an application. Um, you know, this career gives us the flexibility to really work wherever we want to. My hashtag is Mortgage Mom on Wheels. So um, <laughs> I uh, constantly, I'm running here to there. Um, you know, we've got, whether I'm picking him up from school, dropping him off at a golf course, picking him up from a golf course and dropping him off somewhere else. My career lets me be flexible and do that. It lets me work from home some, but it also requires that I be available for the client that's not allowed to talk on the phone at work or the husband and wife that are on different work schedules and would like to be together to have a conversation with me. Mm -hmm. So 
I've got the flexibility to be free in certain areas, but it requires me to give back at other times that other people might not necessarily want to work. Yeah. So you, yeah, you have to make yourself available for, for the client. And that's actually, uh, would you agree that's kind of a differentiator in today's market as well? Oh, absolutely. The, the loan officer that wants to cut out at four o'clock on Friday, you're not going to be as successful as the loan officer that is taking an application at 730 on Friday night while your husband's staring at you going, it's time to go get some dinner. That's true commitment to not just the realtor that referred that client, but also to the client to making sure that they know that you're willing to, you want to serve them the way that they need to be served. Do you have a process then for like you know, when you're busy, you're on the phone, you're in a meeting or something because uh, you can't answer every single phone call. So do you kind of consciously think about, as a matter of fact, I know you do because I get your email responses. Uh, <laughs> I have a permanent out of office. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You do, don't you? <laughs> I do. It is a permanent out of office. And that is because, again, we're in this world of instant gratification. They expect that things are inbox, they're going to get an instant response. And that can't always be the case. So my out of office says, you know, I apologize for missing your email. Um, I am in and out of meetings throughout the day, but you will get a response as quickly as possible. And then list out my team members that if they need something immediate, they can reach out to. Same thing with my voicemail. My voicemail, you know, says, you know, please, please understand that I'm helping another client at this time. I will give you a call as soon as I'm able to do so. Um, It's about setting expectations. And, you know, people will wait if they know, hey, my realtor said she was really good and well, she's kind of busy too. So I need to give her a few minutes to get back to me. Um, if you set the right expectations, they'll wait for you. And do you have like a, in your own head, uh, kind of a timeline you want to return those calls by? I always try to return calls within the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is something where it's a more of an all day type meeting or let's say my son is on the golf course on Saturday, um, I will set the expectation. I might get a missed call and I'll send a text and say, I'm sorry, my son's playing golf, can't pick up right now, but I'll be home by 530. I'll give you a call then. It kind of depends on what I've got going on. But if it's just a normal Monday through Friday, maybe in and out of some meetings or stuff on a phone call, I always return them within the hour. Awesome. All right, let's uh, close it out with uh, any specific initiatives or things you're going to be do, doing differently in 2019 in your business? Um, well, with some of my events, I'm getting more sponsors involved so we can make them larger mm-hmm. and have more attendees. Um, so we're getting title companies, attorneys, um, insurance agents. We're getting them involved in our events. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, there's a couple of charities that are really near and dear to my heart that I've always contributed part of my commission to and even some volunteer hours to. Um, the Meadows team is going to be doing a lot more to promote those charities so that others are aware of them. Um, one of the things we've got going in December is a Cookies with Santa event to benefit one of those, asking for donations to come and have your, your child's picture taken with Santa Claus. So it's looking to try to, even though we already give back, it's not just giving back to the charity and to the community, but letting those around us know what those charities are and what they do for our communities so that maybe they'll get involved. Yeah. And with your, your, your co-sponsors, if you will, what's their participation? Is that a financial thing or their, their job is to fill the room? Uh, no, it's a, it, it's a financial obligation where we give them an opportunity to uh, speak at the event about okay. what they, their service is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so that we can offer it to more agents because at the end of the day, some of these events can run upwards of $2,000. Yeah. And if you're going to have a really nice event, 
$2,000, that's a lot to have to make up on in referrals from that event. So I'm right. um, looking to, to try to stretch the budget just a little bit. <laughs> no, it makes, makes total sense. And for those listening, you know, wherever you're at in your business, um, you know, start small. Um, obviously, Dana, you didn't start with an event that cost you $2,000, did you? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, I actually didn't start hosting events until this year. So, oh, and that's what? what my advice, yes, yes. Um, my advice to, you know, to the loan officers as far as building into the business mm. is don't spend more than 10% of your income on your marketing and what you're doing for your realtors. If you spend 10% of your income to promote yourself and to help your realtors, then you'll have even more to be able to spend the next year. And, you know, my budget's going to be very different from somebody that's only been in the business for a few years and maybe closes, you know, two or three loans a month. It's going to be very, very different. But you, you can't, don't spend all of your money because you'll run out and then you'll have nothing to promote. Yeah. And run it like a business, darn it. Know your numbers. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Very good lessons. Thank you for this pop-up class in uh, how to be a top producing mortgage originator. I appreciate it. I knew, I knew you're incredibly busy. You're, the meter's running. I feel compelled to send you a gift. So um, I'm just, we're grateful for your time and sharing today. And those that want to connect with you, what, what do you say? Just go to Facebook and do a search on you? Absolutely. Reach out to me on Facebook or you're, you're also welcome to email me. It's uh, Dana.Meadows at movement.com. All right. Appreciate you being here, Dana. And for our listeners, as always, appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, hey, let us know. We're entering the holiday times. Now's the time for giving back and saying thanks. So a way you can say thank you today is uh, maybe leave a little review on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, the blog, Facebook page at Mortgage Working Radio, wherever you're at. I appreciate y'all tuning in and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business, let's just face it, agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call, we'll have a chat, we'll see if it's a fit.
Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.